I believe inspiring people to be the person they aspire to be by doing the things they aspire to do. This podcast is an additional platform to help me do just that. I know a lot, I've done a lot, and I do a lot. By sharing my experience with you all, be the highlight of my day. I will also have family, friends, and colleagues share their knowledge and experiences with me. You think you know me, but you don't know the half. Welcome to Vail's World. It's the team. What's up? What's up, everyone? Thank you all again for joining, man. I can't share with you all how much I appreciate this right now. Um, numbers are, are are continuing to grow. Uh, I didn't expect to get as much love as I have received through this process. And I really want to share with you all uh, my appreciation. Um, if you all know someone that could utilize some of these episodes um, for their personal journey, feel free to share, uh, subscribe on all of the platforms that we're on. Uh, again, a little reminder for those that don't know, but you can go on anchor.fm. Um, you can subscribe there and they also allow you to make a monetary uh, subscription so you all can donate to the podcast. Um, all funds will go into improvements for the podcast uh, so we can continue to grow. Uh, maybe one year get a marketing person on the team. <laughs> um but we'll see. We'll see, man. Um, I hope you all enjoy today's episode. Yeah. So let's get to it. All right. So today's good read is The Servant by James Hunter. So this book is um, quite interesting. It's a, a fact-based, um, somewhat fictional book. Um, there's an imaginary businessman named John Daly, it's kind of a, a dope name. Um, so he was just failing. So he's a coach, he's a father, he's, um, a boss and all these leadership roles. He find himself like, oh, like miserably just taking L's back to back. And, um, a couple people, you know, Mainly his wife was really on his head and um, suggested he talk to their pastor. Their pastor suggested that he goes to the Benedictine uh, Maserary, um, which is interesting. So he went for this retreat, met five other amazing people. Um, and through that journey, they were, able, they were able to learn and grow. What does it take to be a leader and how to reflect on spaces in which they failed as being the leader that they expected to be. Um, one of the monks happened to be the founder, well, the fictional founder of Southwest Airline. And um, it really took this guy by surprise. The end of the story, um, his wife picked him up and he was happy. Like she was happy. She felt the difference between him prior to going on this retreat and the different leadership things they talked about was pretty much how to be a servant, uh, how to be a servant leader. Uh, I, su I suggest this book for anyone that's in leadership positions. And uh, it's amazing how they flip this fictional story and turn it into so many lessons. There's a teacher, there are students, and then there are students that slowly but surely become teachers because all these you know, students were leaders within their own field. You know, there was a basketball coach. There was a Baptist priest. Uh, there was a lieutenant. And everyone had different styles and how they view things. But together, it was so powerful. Uh, so I started reading this. I was with a friend. Uh, she actually had the book. And I remember hearing about this book during my graduate program so it was only right for me to like have some type of interest I didn't read it because uh, I was too busy reading for a grade uh, so I seen I was like oh, I'm gonna go ahead and snatch this book so I ended up getting it 
And um, great book. The biggest takeaway that I received from this book is um, the difference between servant and slave. And we'll talk about that a little bit later. But that was something that really stuck out for the simple fact that we hear slave every time we hear servant. And it's hard to separate the two. Um, but his definition or description of servant and how he differentiated that from slave was important. And I feel like as time goes on, um, more individuals will be more open to the word servant as it pertains to leadership. Uh, so that was one of my biggest takeaways. I highly recommend this book to anyone. Again, anyone that has this, this balancing multiple leadership hats and, and find yourself in this space of I'm coming short. How can I fill my cup to ensure that I'm showing up in my best form for the people that put me in this position of leadership, right? Uh, so you can be a leader, but it's different when people actually have expectations uh, for you as a leader. So anyone, again, anyone that is a leader, wants to be a better leader, this is a great book for you. Uh, also help you identify certain traits of leaders so you can praise and, and, and plant seeds and water seeds for the individuals around you. So that was the good read, uh, The Servant by James Hunter. So check that out. What's popping? I think I say that different every time I um, say it. I'm going to find a way to say it one day. I'm going to get y'all right. <laughs> so, last couple of days, is always, it's always some crazy stuff. It's election time. Uh, Everything is political. We like 14 days away. Well, not 14 days away. I don't know how many days we are now. So, I'm going to just say we're about two weeks away from election day. And man, this guy Trump just hasn't changed. Like he is the same OG. Um, I must add that I am impressed that he he has been able to maintain his self identity. Like he is legit the same person that I didn't want to be president when he was running for president. And it's amazing that even after three years ish and some change of being president, that he is still that same person. So I must applaud him for being the genuine, real him. Um, hopefully, you know, some of his people in his base see him for what he is and not vote, so we can get him out. So we can get him out of there. Um, but other than that, like, whew. let's go to this town hall. So this town hall, dang, I forgot the moderator name. Oh, my God. Brain, brain fart. Um, but she did a better job. I can say that she really held her on uh, her own. I honestly, I like this town hall better than the debates because he wasn't able to use the opponent as a punching bag to kind of distract from the question. So even though he was, you know, having his temper tangents um during the the interview, uh, there was nobody that he can deflect this energy on. So he had to just sit in it and answer and or not answer or whatever you want. I don't know. He responded. I'm not sure if he answered it, but he responded to most of the questions that were presented. Um it was very interesting to say the least. Um, he is one of the most forgetful people in the world. So some most forgetting moments um, from Trump. 
he don't know if he got tested for COVID before the the debate three weeks ago. I don't know how he don't know, but he just worked around it and all this stuff said, maybe, maybe I do, maybe I don't. Uh, which is, is, is crazy. Like, did you get tested before the camp? I mean, the debate or not? Like, is why is it a, maybe I did, or maybe I don't. Um, when there's multiple people within your camp that, um, actually has, you know, or, or had COVID as well, um, during the same time as your outbreak. So that was, oh Lord. Uh, the question about the taxes and he was like, I think the $750 is an application fee or something. Uh, all this other stuff. So that was kind of crazy as well. Um, yeah, that would, <laughs> maybe I did, or maybe I don't, I, I'm like, what, what do you remember? Like, did you pay taxes or not? Like what type of question is that? Did you speak with your accounting accountant about paying your taxes or not and he was saying this built up and oh my god then they brought up the the debt that he owed to somebody no one is sure who he owes this money to um i think they estimated at 450 million dollars that he owes someone and he was saying like i got money wrapped up in so many places i don't know exactly who i owe uh and for $450 million, that's chump change for, from what I'm actually worth. Well, it's like, so why won't you just pay those people? Ah, it's, it is a lot. But that's how this four years has been. Uh, I kind of imagine, like, how would life be if Hillary was in office? Uh, America didn't, like women so much that they didn't even let a woman in and the most qualified woman in the world that is and it just shows where america is now like the most qualified woman in the world couldn't make it because of emails and um we have this guy that has been proven to put people on ndas uh, and pay people off for silence. Um, allegedly, <sighs> sex predator and all these other things. And allegedly, you know, I want I wouldn't even you know necessarily say. Then I gotta say racist uh, for <laughs> especially uh, immigrants. And he has a wife that's an immigrant. So everything has just been so crazy. Um, make sure y'all vote. Um, this is a very important election, man. November 3rd. Make sure that y'all are out there. Um, if y'all have the opportunity to vote early, do that. If you have you know, the mail-in voting, do that. Do whatever is safe for you and yours. Um, but just make sure you vote. Make sure that you take in the younger generation with you. Make sure they're a part of this process so they can develop comfort with voting uh, because it can be confusing, right? It's a lot of names. It's a lot of bubbles. It's a lot of verbiage as it pertains to the different uh, different policies that, that, you know, that particular city or county wants to implement or even, you know, the government at times. So, Make sure you walk through. Um, hopefully, there's a website that have mock ballots. I remember in fifth grade, I actually did a mock. Um, I did a mock election, and we voted. It was pretty dope. It was a a true form. It had everything on it. Didn't really know what I was looking at, but I then I guess it's safe to say that it created that space for me to be comfortable with the voting process. Um, another thing that's that's been proven is that individuals that vote in school elections have a higher chance of actually voting in political elections. So, and people that run for leadership positions in grade school have a higher chance of running for leadership positions post grade school. So 
you know, everybody isn't a leader, but everybody can vote. <laughs> everyone influences someone. So I guess it's safe to say that everyone is a leader. So that means everyone can influence someone or motivate someone to go vote with them, even if they don't know what the hell they voting for and are about. Uh, so I guess it's safe to uh, say that, you know, those individuals that's inspiring others to vote, make sure that you also giving them the information needed so they can vote with confidence and so that they can vote because it's their choice and they're not voting just because you asked. Um, but it's baby steps for every, everyone. So <laughs> let's make sure we hit these polls November 3rd. And again, I, I don't care who you vote for. I'm not telling you to vote for any particular person, but make sure you vote. You know, the choice is yours. Uh, so with the town hall, another thing that's been circulating is um, Ice Cube. Ice Cube recently was he received a shout out from someone's someone from the Trump campaign and a couple shares um, about the his contract with black America and the Trump's platinum plan for African-Americans. Huh. So apparently Cube spoke with Trump people about being people. And um, Cube said months ago that he was going to create this plan and he was interested in sharing this plan with both parties. Because he, he he believes that we shouldn't just put or we shouldn't just wait until until Democrats get in the office to push the black agenda. Uh, he believes that whoever's in office needs to push the black agenda. And here's some ideas that he has that can assist with whoever is invested and interested in taking this challenge on to improve the lives of black people in America. I'm not opposed to that. Uh, I feel like at, you know, most of the times that we believe since we didn't vote or the person that we voted for isn't in office that we have to wait another four years in order to hold someone that we voted for accountable. When in reality, the president of the United States is the president of all citizens, regardless of who you voted for. Um, so it, it is our responsibility to hold those individuals accountable. It's our responsibility to ensure that our voices are heard, that what we want is being presented. Um, so I don't fault Ice Cube for that. Um, again, I don't know when. He had the conversation with Trump's people. Uh, he's, he made it clear that he never met Trump. Uh, he made it clear that he just want to do something for the greater good of black people in America. And people went crazy as if Malcolm X didn't meet with the leader of the KKK. Like Martin Luther King didn't meet with the president at the time. So it's, it's crazy and mind-blowing that we that we as a people are so quick to counsel individuals uh, opposed to just listening or opposed to just disagreeing. And that's that like we can't counsel 30 years of Q because he decided to do something to help black people that was just uncomfortable and different from what we've seen before. Right. And I'm not about to cancel Ice Cube because of it's like there's a lot of people that set themselves up for it. So we got Kanye West, like he set himself up for it. We have um Polo the Don, like he set himself up for it. But Ice Cube, I believe Ice Cube genuinely went there with a heart of here's here are some things I believe that black America can benefit from. Are you willing to make this happen? And the Democratic Party, they was like, you know, we'll talk to you after the election. And Trump people was like, we'll talk to you now. 
and Trump people, you know, Trump is in office. So he's in a position where he can do something now before election. Um, and it's, it's like pitching a business. You don't stop with one company. <laughs> uh, you go around, you continue to pitch this idea till you find someone that's willing to buy into the idea and back the idea. And that's how great things come off the ground. And, and we also have to stop looking at these political parties as, as war enemies, right? <laughs> like there's no more bloodshed. This is not the 1800s. This is not the 1500s <laughs> um, where it's just blood. Like knowledge is literally power and it creates leverage. The more you know and who you know can create the leverage to get things done. I'm not emotionally bonded to no political party. I'm not emotionally bonded to no particular individual. My goal in life is to improve the lives of people, in particular black people. Uh, so whatever way I or whatever I'm doing it, regardless of how you feel. My my intentions is to improve the lives of people. And because your intention is not the same or the method, the how you're going to get there is different, doesn't devalue my way of doing things. So that's my take on Ice Cube, man. Leave, leave my dog alone. Uh, some people say it's, it's bad timing and all that. Man, look, when you, when you get an opportunity to present something that you feel is, is credible and can actually change the lives of people, you got to do that. You got to jump on that. Uh, regardless of how we feel about Trump right now, he has done some things and passed some things that has allowed um, black people to to prosper in a sense. And we just can't take that away from him. Um, so, yeah, that's my take on that. Ah, this has been a couple couple weeks since. The Lakers and LeBron James and crew have won the finals. MVP LeBron James, he um I'm quite sure he's not worried about it too much, but I thought it was funny to bring up. So some GDs uh, from Chicago have been tweeting LeBron James in a sense and threatening his life uh because of a handshake that he is known for in a sense. So um, the GDs in Chicago believe that LeBron has been dissing them purposely on television uh, with this particular handshake, which is interesting. It was funny uh, <laughs> because we have gang members on Twitter threatening the most known athlete in our generation uh, it just doesn't sound like that's going to end well. Uh, I'm quite sure LeBron is not too concerned about his life and these Twitter threats. But those individuals that are making the Twitter threats, I'm not sure that they care about their life either because it's on social media, which means that you can be found. <laughs> and so I, I hope, you know, LeBron James, he's the he's the king of narrative. He's the king of giving back. I hope he figure out a way to you know get the peace treaty because we don't need my dog going to Chicago and getting getting gunned down uh, over a handshake. I'm not sure if he does it intentionally or if it's a uh, just a thing because he has like fifty thousand handshakes with like every player that he ever played with. And it's interesting that he still remember the handshakes with former players. So when he see them at games and they're on an opposing team or they just in the audience. Like he remember that handshake and, and has a handshake for them. So that's pretty dope, man. LeBron James, stop, stop gang banging out here. Uh, you have been impressive your entire career. It's funny that this even is a, a topic. It's a thing. Um, so now um, I do want to apologize for you all for the last episode last week. It was a lot going on, um, and last episode was, whew, it was delayed by a couple of days, 
Um, I woke up my regular morning, five o'clock in the morning, start preparing, start recording around 5.30. And I thought everything was good. I actually recorded the entire show. As soon as I began the editing process, I realized that there was a lot of feedback. It was just so it was unbearable. Like I couldn't do anything with the audio. Uh, and then I went out of town uh, for a, a shoot. So we had a gig in Miami, went to Miami, um, got that done, came back Wednesday night. Thursday morning, I woke up again, five o'clock. I was like, yeah, let me go ahead and knock this out. Uh, record it. Uh, I made some tweaks, made some minor adjustments. I recorded, got done. It was better, but it was still unbearable. So I couldn't use that. Uh, so Friday, so then Thursday night, I made a lot of adjustments, a lot of tweaks. And um, I thought I was ready to go. Woke up Friday morning, uh, recorded the entire show. It was a thousand times better, uh, but it was still not up to quality how. I want it and how I know it can be. Um, so I put I put it out there. I was just tired. After that fourth time, I was tired. And I did some research on my soundboard. And come to find out, my soundboard actually had some issues. Um, over the weekend, we had used it for a live streaming um, gig that we had. And it seems as if the phantom power in mic one which is the input that I use, uh, was down. So it wasn't creating enough power. So when I was bumping up the gain to actually record and introduce a lot of feedback as well. And <laughs> when I went down, I, when I kept going lower and lower and just started messing with the settings, um, although it sound better in my earphones, it introduced the same feed that I was getting um, Tuesday morning when I recorded. So I do apologize for those technical difficulties. Um, I do have that soundboard being repaired. I sent it off. Um, hopefully it doesn't cost an arm and a leg and I'm, I'm praying for all great things until then I did find another method of recording and we're here. <laughs> right. So, ah, enjoy, 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 enjoy. It'll be back. Until then, I'll be using this cool little gadget to record. Another thing. Oh, ooh, last week I submitted my ballot. So I officially voted by mail. Um, I'm nervous. I hope it makes it to the right place. I hope it makes it to the place that it needs to make it to. Um, it felt good to vote. It felt good to actually have the ballot prior to because I was able to actually look at some of the policies and some of the, the names that was on the ballot. And like I had my time, like I didn't necessarily feel rushed. I legit looked up different candidates, different agendas. And, you know, like it was it was great. So I might like depending on how this go, I might just make mail-in ballots a, a thing um it was just so much comfort that i had with voting from my seat um, so that was good that was great i do appreciate that um it's a every election is important i don't want to make it seem like this election is more important than the election that we had in 2016 and that the election that we had in 2012, like, no, every election is important. Figure out what it's going to take for you to vote and for you to inspire other people to vote. Um, that's what separates, you know, us from any other nation in the world, uh, just the, the freedom to vote and the freedom not to vote. <laughs> Uh, so if it was like a mandatory thing, it'd look different. I, I also feel like there's different type of ways that we can vote. Um, it's 2020. So maybe the current voting process is just outdated, but how do you mandate? How do you course correct, uh, how we vote? So 
We will see. We will see. Uh, so I submitted my ballot. I voted. I have my I voted by mail sticker. Feel like I did something right in life. <laughs> um, and for those that aren't in their particular city or town where they are registered to vote, make sure you get the absentee voting ballot. Like, don't use not being there as an excuse and don't give yourself um enough time like don't counsel yourself out of this voting process like if you know you knew you wasn't going to be where you're registered to vote at last month so and if you haven't haven't done anything to request an absentee ballot um do that now man um it's free to vote it only take a little time to circle the bubbles it only take us you know a little time to look into these policies and figure out like what does the world look like for you for the next four to 40 years? Be responsible. I don't care who you vote for, but go vote, be responsible. This out here, it's on Google. Everyone has phones. Be responsible. All right. So last episode, I told you all that I was going to share with you my disc assessment. Ah, Let's get to it. (laughs) So apparently, I am an I. And I in this stands for influence. Uh, So outgoing, enthusiastic optimistic, high-spirited, and lively, which if you know me, um, yep, that's exactly correct. That's, that's me <laughs> in a nutshell. It's been me for a while, and I'm like a legit I. Like, it ain't an ID, it ain't an IS, it ain't nothing, but I'm a solid I, which is I believe it. Um, I also have my dominant moments. Um, but I guess my eye outweighs that. And with the disc, of course, we have attributes from all of the letters and all of the intersecting letters. Um, but it displays the one that sticks out the most. Uh, so I'm, because of this style that I have, uh, <laughs> It, sh- it shows and they, they stated that I enjoy relating to other people, which I agree. I love hearing other people's stories. I love learning about people um, in whatever space. If it's a business professional type space, I just love meeting people and knowing them outside of, you know, if granted the opportunity, getting to know them outside of the business realm uh, and really just know them as a person. And honestly, a lot of us don't get the opportunity to to talk to others on a human to human level because of the titles and positions that we hold. And I like to look deeper, you know, deeper than that and look through that. Uh, I have a network of friends and colleagues. I agree. Uh, my network is pretty solid. I can reach out to a lot of different people. Um, not saying that I, I definitely don't maximize on it, capitalize on it a lot, but I do have a solid network. So if someone hits me up or just hearing someone's story, I can connect them with someone else. And, and if I need something, I know exactly who to connect with. So it's great being in this space. And, and college has helped my network Ooh, triple, 10 times, 10x, like, and I have people all over um, that I know now. So that's great uh, that I can do that. And, um, and it also stated that I can view, I view that I view a room full of strangers as a room for opportunity, which I agree. Uh, I have a personality, a smile, energy that, everyone is going to acknowledge everyone is going to to know that hey i'm here 
and I'm going to make people feel comfortable to be who they are as well. Um, or I, and I also learned that I can also make uh, enemies. <laughs> uh, I had an individual tell me that the first time they actually met me that I they didn't like the way I introduced myself and they felt like I was someone that loved to be in the center of attention and all this other stuff. I'm like, no, it was just an introduction and I'm goofy at times and people don't expect me to be as goofy as I, as I actually am. I'm like, no, I just like having fun at times. Like <laughs> outside of that introduction, you probably didn't hear anything else from me. Uh, cause I was probably focusing on or talking to some of the team members that I had to lead uh, within that project. So that was, that was crazy, uh, <laughs> for me learning that. And, and I, I found that out like eight years later, I was like, dang, you was really holding that on me <laughs> for that long. Um, so that was interesting. Um. They also stated that many people find my enthusiasm um, contagious, which I'm a firm believer that energy isn't created or destroyed, it's transferred. And as a Pisces, I, <laughs> I exhort people's energy quite well, and that can be a good or a bad thing. So I try to make sure that I create waves and the environments that I'm in that's full of positivity and progression and that people can feed off that before the negative vibes bounce back to me and I get in a negative space. Um, so it's great. It's great learning more about my personality style. Um, and I, I believe that everyone should just take the time to do this disc assessment. Um, there's opportunities where you can do it free. Um, no, I've done it free through leadership programs at school, uh, business leadership programs as an adult. Uh, so there's opportunities where you can do it for free. Uh, so however you can get it, get it done. There's also other assessments that's on the internet that you can do for free. So just like Google personality assessments. And once you find one, Nine times 10, there's like a billion more that you can find. <laughs> and just really learn more about yourself. Give yourself the words to explain who you are as a person, which is important. When you get asked at a job interview, like explain to me the type of person you are. How will someone describe you? You'll have the words to do so, to have that conversation intelligently. So invest in yourself. And that's all of what's popping since the last time I hollered at y'all. And now we can get on to this. So leaders serve, not slave. So as a servant leader, we are servants. We serve as a leader. You should want to serve, but not slave. And we touched on that a tad bit the last episode, but we're going to really dive in. So the leadership triangle. So most board of, you know, then most organizational charts usually have the one or then usually have the one person on top, the president, CEO. And then under that's the executive board. Then under that, the different departments. And then under that, the staff. And then under that, the people that they serve which is crazy um, because the people that you serve are at the bottom of the chart, but usually on the top of everyone's agenda, which gives you like, oh, we serve our customers and all this other weird stuff, but they are on the bottom of the priority list when it comes to your organizational chart. And that's exactly how they are being treated. Um, <laughs> so it's, it's crazy when you have that form of leadership being in the DNA of your company, your organization or whatever. Um, uh, so 
if you were to flip that triangle and have the people that you serve at the top and then have the staff that actually serves them and then have their supervisor that lead them and then have the people that get what I'm saying. It reverses the roles because it's not the people that you deem at the bottom asking you for help or asking you for suggestions. It's the people that we deem at the top asking us about how our day is going. How can I support you in doing the things that you're doing? How are customers, you know, reaction? How does clients react to certain things? Because as you go farther to the, as you get closer to the customers, which is the staff that's actually doing the work that's making the person at, at the top richer, you can get more input and you'll have a better idea of what needs to what what's currently going great and what can be improved. So if you if you or anyone you know is in a leadership structure where the person at the top is the say all end all and that the person above you never asks questions um, to the people that's closer to the people that they serve then there's a problem. Um, There's a problem with bureaucracy uh, during these times. This is what you said to do. This is what you're supposed to do. Now do it. It, you know, titles in a sense dehumanizes us because we view them as whatever that title is. And we forget that they are actually humans as well. So look deeper into that. Check out. Um, the different structures um, of leadership that you're in, what role that you play, and if there's time for a conversation to be brought to adjust some of these things uh, so you all can do better. Leadership qualities. So I ain't put too many uh, on here because uh, I can go hours about this conversation. Uh, but some of the leadership qualities that kind of you know, stuck out to me, especially with reading uh, The Servant, uh, active listening. That's important. And I'm still intentionally working on that. So I try to make sure that I listen more and cut people off less, uh, especially knowing the, the what that can entail from the other people it can come off as disrespectful it can come off as rude it can come off as you're not listening and a lot of you know most humans want to be listened to uh want to be respected and want to feel heard uh, so i intentionally at times most times all the time uh draft back into knowing that active listening is important and why it's important and not getting in my head to remove it so being able to tap in and tap out of that space because if i'm in my head talking about active listening that i'm not active listening and just being silent but if i'm talking in my head i'm not active listening so really being present being there hearing what exactly that they're saying being able to paraphrase being able to jot back what they just said and being able to create tangible measurable solutions to what they just said as well if that's what's needed sometimes people just want to be heard uh, and i i ask people like hey are you asking for advice or are you talking to me just to vent and um uh, once you know from there i know how to active listening i know how to active listen and support them within that space right so active listening is important uh, you can get a lot of details from that just by listening God gave us two ears and one mouth for a reason. <laughs> so now it's, it's up to us to to use them in that way. Um, empathy. So being able to be human, like empathizing with someone doesn't necessarily mean you have to agree with them or or they're not wrong. Right. <laughs> so it's just understanding, listening enough to understand their point of view. Um, I can empathize with a lot of people i can understand why you've done certain things but i also know the consequence behind that and i understand that as well so you did what you did this is the consequence associated with that action so although i understand where you're coming from and why you felt like you had to do what you did this is the consequence for that and if you can own up and man up to your reason of doing it 
you have to own up and man up to the consequences of that action. Right. Um, so empathy doesn't mean agreeing. It means I understand where you're coming from. I heard you. But here's the consequence of that action. Here's the result of of that decision or that choice that you made. Love. Oof, this was a big one. Love. The behavior versus the emotion. So a lot of times in love, we just tend to stick to the emotion. I'm in love. I love. Um, and it interchanges. So I got love for my homies. That's a behavior. I show love to my dogs. I show love to my family. I love my family. Not necessarily the emotional connection, but the behavioral um, aspect of love. Love thy neighbor. Love thy, love thy enemy. That's not necessarily saying be in love because I don't even know these people to be in love with them, but I can show them the same love that I show myself. I can show them the same love that I show people that I'm possibly in love with. I can, I can give them the love, right? And, and when we view love, love like that, it's, it's a different effect, right? It's a different effect when we take love out of the emotional state that we, that we learn to know, right? And man, I hear this a lot at weddings, um, Corinthians 13, one. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no records of wrong. Love, right? <laughs> so outside of the emotional presence of love, it has all these other behavioral things. Anger is a behavioral thing. Keeping record of wrong is a behavioral thing. Self-seeking is a behavioral thing. Boasting and envy and all these things are behavioral things that we can control. Can you imagine being like having a leader that isn't patient, that isn't kind, that envies, that boasts, that <laughs> that's proud, that's rude? Like, no, you can't have, be a leader and be the complete opposite of how we interpret love. So it's up to us to figure out how we want to love and how we want to put our love into leadership, right? And how, and how we lead. That's an important, important quality of being able to display the behavioral of love and transfer that into the people that we influence, right? Uh, power versus authority. Important leadership quality is knowing when to use your power and knowing the power that's in authority. Power is, is, is force upon others based on your position, right? So although they don't want to do something because they have because you have the power to do it or get it done upon their lives, their livelihood and things, they're going to do it. Power is the ability to tell someone, do this or you're fired. Do this or I'm going to tax you. Do this or I'm going to lock you up. Do this or I'm going to kill you. That's power. That's how we force our power on each other. Authority is, is, when, you, is when people are willing to do something just based off the relationship you all have. I am doing this because Lavelle asked. I am doing this because Lavelle is doing it. I am doing it because it's the right thing to do, right? And knowing when power needs to be exerted in certain situations, because a lot of times when you're dealing with other leaders and other people, 
they tend to abuse their power. And we've seen that a lot, right? Uh, so how do you know when it's time to use your authority? Think about it like this. When people exert their power, it's good for a certain time frame, but eventually it's, enough is going to be enough. And those people that have been feeling powerless tend to revolt, right? They tend to fight. They've been feeling powerless for so long that when they finally get tired of it, it's just a breaking point. And then we have riots and then we have all these different things. We have bad behavior and all these things. If you think about it on a, on a personal level, um, when when teenagers seem to rebel is because, you know, at times parents probably use their power more than their authority. So I was doing things not because of. I wanted to or the goodwill of I was doing things because I didn't want to get a whooping. I didn't want to get on punishment. I, the fear of all these other things. And when I got old enough to be, you know, to make choices on my own, to be an independent thinker, it was time for me to rebel. Come home at this time. Now I'm going to come home when I want to. Do your homework. Now I'm going to do my homework when I want to. Because all these years of pent up doing things out of fear. <laughs> because I was being told to do things based on position that someone had over me. Opposed to them using their authority to motivate and create habits that I can do things and make decisions upon my own. Right? Um, in school do this or going to get suspended do this or you're going to flunk do this all these other things so when you get old enough and you get tired of hearing um or it becomes annoying and it ruins relationship power can be bought anybody can buy into a power position or just luckily have a rich um or powerful family member and just get into that position authority is really earned like the relationships that you have with individuals is what build authority and power can really mess up relationships because think about it. If you have someone exerting their power, every chance that they get, you're going to be the, you know, individuals that have all this pent up energy and you might not necessarily have a, a riot of a thousand people, but a, a, a riot of an angry you may just be enough and, you know, for that situation to create havoc. Uh, upon that individual and uh, the established norms within that organization or company. Um, but a good leader creates balance between authority and power, knowing that I want to be an authority figure that has access to power and I use this power as needed. And most of the times power is needed when you, you when you're dealing with individuals that only know how to use power. The United States give us this or you are we're going to go to war. Those Middle Eastern countries are oh, you want to go to war or oh, we're ready for war. <laughs> Two different organizations or entities that are using power with power. When in reality, all you had to do is sit down and talk. Get to the table. Negotiate. Don't be the two sisters that were fighting over an orange, but wanted the orange for two different reasons. When they decided, let's do it 50-50, I cut it in half. You got a, a half of the orange, I got half of an orange. But only one sister wanted to eat the fruit of the orange and the other sister wanted the skin of the orange. Which if you all would have sat down instead of exerting power and power and then like, OK, let's make it fair and cut it in the middle because the ideal fairness is that you are going to get equal halves. <laughs> when in reality, I wanted for two different purposes where you could have got the fruit part and ate the inside of the orange and the sister could have got the skin that she wanted and everyone would have been happy and got exactly what they wanted. Right. Uh, then uh, another big quality uh, I feel like it's important is be a servant, not a slave. A servant 
as a servant, we we go to the needs of people. Right. So we, we work on the needs of people. Uh, a slave work on the wants of people, like what people want. <laughs> um, for instance, power, that's that's a want. Um, a certain type of lifestyle is a want. Uh, in reality, if we all cater to the needs of things, so we have the, you know, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. At the bottom, we have the psychological needs, right? Food, water, warmth, rest, you know. Food, water, shelter, help her find some peace. Ain't no love for, uh, you know, Jay-Z. So those are things that we need. And in order for us, you know, the basic needs, in order for us to, like, get those things, uh, it's like the basis, right? We need security. We need safety. Like Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Like the the physical the physiological like Maslow's hierarchy of needs. So physiological needs are food, water, you know, shelter, rest. Uh, and then we have our safety needs above that, uh, security and safety. Like those are basic needs and those are at the bottom of the triangle. So, again, as a leader, as a servant leader, if you if you ensure that you are doing everything in your leadership position to to make sure that this individual has the the basic needs uh, for themselves and the people that. That they lead. You're already on a, on a good step. So as, as a job, as a boss for a job, you make sure that, you know, since they're working for you, that they have the financial capabilities of, of supplying the basic needs. Like this is the basic that they can provide food, water, shelter and, and rest and, and, and have a, a roof over their head that's safe, you know, that's secure, that they, that they have a, a sense of security within their position. Right. So those those are just the basic needs. Then you have this second tier. That's the psychological needs. Right. So it's the the belongingness and the love. Like everyone wants to be loved and feel a part of something. So how do you create these intimate relationships, these friendships with individuals? Right. Like as a leader, you have to be mindful of that. Like I'm not just here. Uh, for this transactional type of relationship, like I really want to get to know you. I want to I want you to know that I believe you belong here, that you're not here just because of the work that you can possibly do. But you're here because of the person that you are. And I'm going to take time to develop that relationship. Esteem needs. Right prestige and feeling accomplished. We all want to feel accomplished. We all want to work our butt off and even the most humble individual is not going to shy away from an award or a recognition and internally it feels good. So even if like physically, like we're like, Oh my God, like, no, y'all shouldn't have. And I was like, internally it makes people feel good. So making sure that you find out what you figure out ways to reward and, and, and give words of affirmation of people that you're leading. Because that's just as important as the the safety portion, the physiological things that goes into, you know, the basis, like all these things level up. So just because you have the basic needs, you still have the psychological needs that need tending to. Right. And then on top, all these things build up to self-actualization, right? Self-fulfillment. Like you, you provided everything else under this. And at the end of the day, that individual has to take ownership of being able to, to see themselves as achieving their full potential. And, and as a leader, you, you know, you're taking the time to make sure that they have their basic needs, their psychological needs met, 
And now, as a leader, you have to motivate. And motivate is, is, you know, is the ability to use your influence to allow people to make choices of their own. That's what motivation is. So you, you have met up all the needs. So now at the top, it's up to them to put all these things together, to have self-actualization you know, so they can actually internalize and reflect on themselves. As a leader, we can challenge them to do that, but ultimately they have to make the choice. They will have to make the choice. And great leaders allow people to make progressive choices. That's what people love and, 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 and create hope and, and stay around for. Slaves go into the wants of people, not the needs. Servants. Service, we, we provide the stuff you need. Yeah, I hear what you want, but I'm going to provide the stuff that you need in order for you to be able to get everything that you want in life. That's what's important. That's the difference between a servant and a slave. Forgiveness. Let go of that resentment, man. And when you let go, be assertive. Be confident with your assertiveness. You don't have to be passive or aggressive or you don't have to be passive aggressive. Be assertive. Assertive is not having an attitude. Assertive isn't yelling. Assertive isn't none of that. Just having confidence in what you believe is right. And not feeling bad about the circumstances that, you know, that may happen. That may be a result of your assertiveness. You can be assertive and respectful. You can forgive someone and and know that me forgiving you may be the end of us talking for the rest of my life. But if we never get to speak again, at least I got to tell the truth. Being able to forgive is a powerful thing and not for the individual, mostly for you. Being able to give someone the, ben the same benefit of the doubt that you give yourself. These things are important. You can't measure it, but they're important. They're there, and it shows. And I ask, I have a question, man, like just based on like, you know, this conversation of servant leadership, who are leaders in your life, right? Who are people that you look up to? Who are role models in your life that you feel share these values that I just discussed? And... and and take the time whenever you have to reach out to them. Give them their roses now. Give them their roses. I'm reaching out because this is what you mean to me. This is what you've done to me. And this is how you've done. You allow me to become a, a better active listener. You challenge me to be more empathetic to others. You, you show me what, what it looks like to use authority overpower you show me how to be a servant of needs and not a slave of wants you showed me what true forgiveness looked like and because of that i'm reaching out to you now i probably i haven't talked to you in years but the feeling that i had when you was in my life the lessons that i've learned the seeds that you planted were able to become watered and within that concrete jungle arose, arrived. And for that, I have to thank you. But because not only did you display what a great leader is, you allowed me to become 
just as great as a leader that you was to me. And because I was blessed to not only have you in my life, but other leaders, I was able to to morph all these different characteristics and traits that I love and improve on some things that that I I, I, I was challenging in the past when individuals was telling me I can be better at this. I can be better at that. But I was so stuck in my way. But the seeds that you all planted allowed me to be the person that I am now. And I want to thank you. Because I'm quite sure you might not hear thank you enough because of the servant leader that you are. And you don't do it for the thank yous. You do it for the, just the benefit of seeing others progress. I had a moment like this and uh, reached out to my mom, uh, reached out to my dad, reached out to my basketball coach. Reached out, I actually reached out to my teacher that flunked me in, uh, in high school. Reached out to my teacher. That was the most humbling moment in the world. Reached out to some of my professors. I reached out to so many different people and just gave them their roses because without them, there's no me. I am we. There's a lot of people that invested into the person that I am today. And it would be irresponsible for me to believe that I'm self-made and that no one helped me out on this journey and that all of this is just you know, on my own doing, (laughs) which it isn't. It was individuals that put me in positions to, to be a better leader. They conditioned me to be the person that I am for the good, bad, and ugly. And who am I not to appreciate and to recognize those people and knowing that that's a, a psychological need Who am I to ruin their self-actualization for them to know that they had some role of, of, of being in my life and that because of you, I am me. Who am I to take that from them, knowing this information? Who are the leaders in your life? I'm going to leave y'all on this. Strive for perfection, knowing that nothing is perfect. If you strive every day to get an inch towards perfection, reaching excellence is just as great. Remind yourself, (laughs) I am not where I want to be, but I am not who I used to be. Remind yourself that anything living grows as long as you have oxygen in your lungs, blood in your body. You are growing. Now you have a choice. You have a choice. To grow for the better or for worse. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Join me in my journey to success by following on Twitter and Instagram at LDMonger1. If you have any comments, questions, or concerns you would like me to address on the next episode, email me at contact at LDMonger.com. Vail's World can be heard on Anchor. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many more. Again, thank you for listening, and don't forget to subscribe. Until next time. It's the team.